Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. If heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied, illuminate the nose on their vacancy signs. If there's no one beside you when your soul embarks, I'll follow you into the dark. Dark depths of toxicity on the internet. Dark depths, the card. <laughs> What's up, everybody? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast, Walking Dead Secret Lair Edition slash Question Time Zone. How's it going? I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Yeah, okay. So today we're tackling a bunch of listener submitted questions, but the only one you care about right now, I'm sure, is uh, Walking Dead Secret Lair and what we think about it. Everyone's been asking us, but after we're done talking about that, because it's probably not a full hour long discussion, we are going to tackle a bunch of interesting questions that have been thrown our way from the listeners uh, over the past few months. We do a few episodes like this per year. Yeah. Uh, And of course, we still talk about cards in this episode. Now, some of these cards you may not want to buy on cardkingdom.com slash commandsum, but I guarantee you there will be a bunch that you will want to get. So if you're going to pick up magic products, magic cards, sealed, singles, whatever you need in the magic world, cardkingdom.com slash commandsum has it for you. Not only that, we have trusted them for five plus years now. They are a fantastic service. They get your cards to you quickly. They rate them and grade them correctly, and they are just a supremely awesome company that we're happy to be supportive of and of course support us as well use that affiliate link at cardking.com slash command zone and you're helping us out uh and definitely you want to take any cards that you've got or that you're going to get and uh, protect them and the best way to protect all of your stuff is by using ultra pro products they have the new pro gloss eclipse sleeves that we've been talking about a lot they've got awesome play mats Deck boxes, you know, satin towers are one of the best ways to keep your decks intact and make sure they don't get damaged in any way. They have mm-hmm. sweet, really high quality metal dice. They have relic tokens. Whatever you need to make your battlefield look awesome and make sure that your cards stay protected, Ultra Pro has you covered. Uh, and the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. There's all kinds of perks, like you get to chat with Jimmy and I on our Discord each and every day. In fact, a lot of people bugging us on Twitter and stuff to talk about Secret Lair. We've been discussing it a lot in our Discord with mm-hmm. our patrons. Um, and also, you get to do things like see game nights and extra turns a day earlier than everybody else. 
Plus, we call out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to... August Unden. I said August. I'm sorry. August. August Unden. Cool name. August. You rock. Uh, not to mention, if you are a part of that Patreon, you also get to audition to be a part of Game Nights. We actually hold auditions about once a year now. We had to wait a little bit this year due to worldly circumstances, but they're back on. All you have to do is be a patron for as little as $1 a month, and you get to send in an audition, audition and potentially be on an episode of Game Nights. One of our favorite episodes to film, and definitely one that brings us a lot of joy. Yeah, if you've seen the last two Game Nights episodes with uh, Jacob, Matthew, so and good. Millie... If you want to be sitting in their seat playing in a game in front of the world, mm-hmm. then now's your chance to do so. All those links uh, with all the rules, restrictions, and how to enter will be in the show notes. So click down there and find that. All right. Without any further ado, let's go into our main topic here, which is a Q&A. Um, we've got a bunch of interesting questions from listeners. If you would like to send us, uh, oh, yes. to send us a question that we might answer on air on a future episode like this, all you got to do, the best way is to email us your question. Uh, that's commandzonecast at gmail.com and just put the subject heading question time. Yep. Doesn't need to be anything else but that. We have an auto sorter that puts it into another inbox so that we can look at them all at the same time. Don't put question time dash a bunch of other stuff. Just put question time and we'll read the email. Right now there's about 4,000 unread questions in there. So that's good. We have a lot of questions we can tackle by yes. going in there. Uh, okay. And then little note here. We're going to put up, um, if you're watching on YouTube, the questions. Those won't always be direct quotes. Sometimes we've shortened them for brevity. So, And we'll, uh, we're just only using people's first names. And sometimes people email in a question and say, don't use my name. Use this name. We'll try and do as much <laughs> yes, as possible. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, let's start with the elephant in the room. Or I guess the undead elephant in the room. <laughs> the zombie elephant in the room. The walker elephant in the room? All right. Yeah. <laughs> what are your opinions on Secret Lair, The Walking Dead? This was asked by everyone yes. we've been getting this question a ton a ton a ton it's been a huge hot button issue uh in the community um let's just start out with what the walking dead secret layer is for those people that may not know i think there's a tendency to think like everybody knows about this because the internet bubble knows but a lot of our listeners they yep. go on twitter and reddit and and look for stuff like we're their source of information for things like this so what is the Secret Lair, Walking Dead, Jimmy? So Secret Lair is a product series that Wizard started, I believe, this year. And late last year. Late last year into this year. And the entire idea is that they are an exclusive timed window release. So for a few days, for a day, for a week, whatever it is, you can buy specific promos. And these promos will usually feature alternate art, be reprints of cards, be themed around things like four different Thalias or four different uh, Serum Visions. Bitter and, Blossom plus three foil tokens or whatever. Yeah, and so there are foil versions, non-foil versions, and these are just sort of like the, I would call them a premium product. You get them directly from a website and then they get shipped to you. And a lot of them also had like uh, Planeswalker promos at the bottom of them. So basically they're an exclusive timed product that gets released to Magic players in addition to all the other stuff that we get every single year. Yeah, but this one, very controversial because a couple of things happened for the first time ever. One is that these they created a bunch of cards that were themed around an outside property. So the Walking Dead the TV show. Uh, So there are five legendary creatures and one equipment. Uh, If you're watching YouTube, you're seeing some of that on screen now that are themed around characters from that TV show. Um, They feature artwork. Is it artwork or is it a photo? 
it feels photorealistic. It feels like someone almost painted over a picture. It looks from far away enough like a photo. So this is not like a artistic interpretation of these characters. These feel like a photorealistic scene of them. It's like the a show. screen grab from from the show. I mean, I watched maybe five or six episodes of the show very early on, so I don't know a lot yeah. about it. I only watched the first season, yeah. Okay. So anyway, it's it looks like a photo basically of the characters. And then the big thing is that these are unique or sorry, new cards. These are not reprints of old cards. These are not reskins of current cards. These are mechanically new. We've never seen this legendary creatures before with this exact text. So these are things that you can play. They're also, they're legal. Yes. They're black border. So they're legal in basically what the commander product is legal in. Uh, Legacy, vintage, commander, those types of formats. Um, so a lot of hullabaloo around this for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Now, in the past, Wizards has done cards from a different universe. Godzilla and Ikoria is the most recent example. Uh, and they also had silver-bordered My Little Pony cards, the Swords of Dungeons and Dragons and Transformers and all that stuff at Hascon. However, those had silver borders. And then the cards in Ikoria were actually real cards in the set. There were just alternate names and arts for these special promos of those versions. They were reskins. Yeah, reskins. Now, they, the, had, they actually had the right. equivalent Godzilla, magic card name. Also Zalortha. Yeah, and they had a Zalortha card as well, right? So you could not play the Godzilla version if you if you didn't want to. These are not reskins. This is just this is the only version of that card that exists. If you want to play it, then you're going to play Rick. Yep. Uh, by the time that this podcast is out there, this product actually will not even be sold anymore as the window to buy it will have passed. Yeah, it was so one week. So that's how it works, yeah. It will have just ended. Yeah, it went like I think Sunday to Sunday or something like that. Yeah. Usually they, secret layers are only like a single day. So mm-hmm. this window is a little bit longer than most secret layers, but still not a big window. I think that's the first problem people... Uh, sort of expressed or maybe the biggest one that they expressed about this product was just if you're going to print cards that you know this is the only place we can get them then this limited availability for a couple of different reasons uh, really makes it frustrating right because you have to have you know had the opportunity during that one week period to order it you know and a lot of people they don't get paid Right, until uh, the end of the month or, or whatever. whatever. So even yeah. if they really, really want it, they might not have a window of opportunity where it makes sense for them to even be able to buy it. Also, just like, of course, people who find out about it, maybe for the first time right now on our podcast or something like that, well, it's too late to order it through Secret Layer. Obviously, there's a secondary market and LGSs and, and individuals probably bought a bunch of them. So you can find them, but not for the... I'm going to say MSRP, but we know that is the listed price on the website that they originally sold. Yeah. Yeah. So the availability is obviously a big issue. Um, Secret Lair is not something that is publicized within the entire Magic community because there are millions of players now. So not everyone's going to find out about them. And of course, added on to the fact that these are legal in Commander, the format that we play, you may see them as a Commander or in someone's deck, makes that additional idea of, oh, this isn't available for very long, it's a premium price product, and uh, what if I can't afford it, or what if I can't buy it in this window? Or also, we should say, secret layers are not available everywhere. You can't just Correct. You can't just always go find them. Now, it's been reported, I think, erroneously, that it's only available in North America. That's not true. We'll go through that in a minute, but definitely it's not available like everywhere in the world um 
if you're in like Brazil, for example, I think it might be kind of hard to get. So yeah, a lot of people angry about that. So let's continue to talk about sort of what this product is and the main things that the community and people have brought up uh, against why they dislike it. Um, another thing is people are saying that this sets a very dangerous precedent. And I think there is a lot of validity to this concern, which is this is the first time we've seen a collab like this with an outside world that is not Magic the Gathering, that is very sort of outside of zombies, really not too much in common. Magic doesn't have guns, for example, The Walking Dead does. So uh, people are saying that this is a cash grab by Wizards. It's something that they're using to galvanize two different fan bases into one thing with a premium price product, and they think the precedent this sets is dangerous because who's to say that the next thing they might not do is a uh, might do is a another franchise in a world that may not be exactly in the same of the world of Magic. And how long is this going to go on for? Because the more that this happens, clearly people are going to be more and more upset. I think also, I like the precedent thing, right? I think people are scared. None of these cards, let's just say off the bat, are like extremely powerful or obviously obviously broken in any way. But yeah, let's they're good say, in certain scenarios. And yeah. I think like the humans one might be the best one. But yeah, they're not format defining by any means. But let's say that Wizards did this again in the future and accidentally made like a smothering tithe mm -hmm. that's in this set. I think that's something people are scared of. If you make a card that is sort of must have quote unquote for the format and you only make it in this secret layer and it's limited availability, that's pretty scary because that's going to make that card's price very, very high and unobtainable for a lot of people. And also because of the regional thing about where it's available, it there might be certain places on the planet where you, you know, you just can't get a smothering tithe for your deck. I think people are just scared about the um, the precedent this sets for the future and if they keep continue to do stuff like this. Yeah, and legacy players will remember True Name Nemesis was only available yeah. in Commander product but became a all-star in that format. So there was a lot of sort of uh, about that as well. Let's rewind also to the thing you said, which I think boils down to aesthetic. You know, the fact that this world of The Walking Dead doesn't seem to mesh super well with the high fantasy world of uh, magic, I think rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Like they don't, like you said, guns. And there's like, I think in one of the, the background of one of the cards, there's a car, you know? <laughs> I mean, we have vehicles on Kaladesh, but they don't look like Hondas, you know? <laughs> right, right. You see what I'm saying? So I think that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. There's an aesthetic thing that irks some people. Uh, and I think sort of the last major point um, that people are complaining about about the product is... The Walking Dead is an R-rated property. Magic is sort of a 13 and up property. I think that's yeah. what it says on the boxes. So there's a disparity there between what kind of subject matter you would expect you're getting into if you're getting involved in one or the other. And the fact that they're colliding here, they're combining them, creates some things that I think people are understandably worried about. Yeah. Like when you sign up for Magic, you aren't necessarily signing up to deal with R-rated subject matter and bringing this R-rated subject matter into the world of Magic. Again, it's the type of thing that, you know, people don't like. Yeah, not only that, it may, you know, for someone that's watched The Walking Dead, there are some pretty graphic things that happen on screen with an actor that's a real person doing things in a glory sort of way. And, you know, the RC also commented on this when they talked about it in terms of glorifying that and whether or not these cards do that. Uh, there was one more thing, too. I believe Wizards made a promise of sorts to stop making cards like Nexus of Fate, which are exclusive cards that only are come in like the box topper, for for example, and that people think that this violates that promise that they made, that they're these are mechanically unique cards cards in the hard or limited to get variety. Yeah, I think people m sort of also said that they said they wouldn't do that for um, Secret Lair as well. Although right. I couldn't find the documentation of where they made that promise. I'm not saying they didn't. It's just, 
I'm not. There's a lot of texts out there. Yeah. And a lot of streams. And, you know, I don't know where that came from, but there was a lot, a lot of people saying, you said you would never make, you know, mechanically unique cards for Secret Lair. And I couldn't find evidence of them saying specifically that, but maybe yeah. they did. Uh, okay, let's talk about, well, first of all, let's talk about there was a large outcry to ban these cards in Commander. Um, I did a poll on Twitter, on my Twitter, and I just asked, do you like these cards? Do you hate these cards? Do you not care that much about these cards? And 65% of respondents, and there was almost 14,000 people that responded, said they hated the cards. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask if they thought they should be banned, but I think like a large portion of the people that hate them... Th- Probably, probably would have said yes to that, yeah. Yeah, I was getting hammered, I don't know about you, but I was getting hammered, uh, you know, for oh, about yeah. a week and a half regarding this, specifically to ban them. They wanted me to tell the RC to ban these cards. Right, and you're in a slightly different position because you are on the Commander Advisory Group. The right. messages I got were not so much a direction to do something, but more of a, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay, sure, we'll address that later. Uh, so just to go through it, the RC did have sort of an emergency meeting because the outcry was so large and decided not to ban the cards. Um we will link the announcement for that in the show notes. They went through similar to how we have the different reasons that people are upset about and sort of addressed each point and ultimately decided not to ban the cards just because there's no gameplay reason to ban the cards. They're not powerful in a way that would you would consider banning. And so most of the reasoning behind wanting the Commander uh, Rules Committee to ban the cards is basically boils down to sending a message to Wizards that we, we hate them. Yeah. The, sorry, we hate the cards. And so we should, you know... Obviously, you yelling at wizards isn't going to stop the cards from coming out. And they thought that the rules committee banning the cards would send a really strong message to wizards that like, hey, your most popular format, no one can play these. Um, or no one wants to, or they're so upset by them. Well, if you ban them, no one can. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, they can because there's house rules and things like that. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, the rules committee ultimately decided, I think correctly so. We said this on Twitter. I think you agree, Jimmy. Yeah. That that was not what the rules committee is there for, and that's not what the ban list is there for. And, you know, the rules committee said they had some misgivings about these cards and, and the way that all this was handled, but ultimately they didn't want to ban the cards. They didn't want to, that because that's a, if you're worried about precedent, that's a precedent yeah, for the exactly. rules committee That's too. a real bad precedent. Oh, yeah. the rules committee, if we don't like something as a community, we can just force them or strong arm to ban something. That is going to, I hate using the slippery slope argument, but that is quite the slope. Uh, okay, so that's kind of, Hopefully everybody's up to speed on the context of of what happened and and you know yeah. the reasoning behind things and and so we're going to address some of these things and then we'll get to our opinions and everything of course. Um, now, notably, after all the outcry, Mark Rosewater, who is very uh, prolific on his blog and talks a lot to the community, and from what I can tell, had very little to to have these cards sort of exist, uh, did say that there is a possibility that Wizards will do a reskin or a reprint of these in the future in a more accessible way. So maybe something where it's a reskin, new art, new name, but underneath it still says Michonne or whatever the card name is. Similar yeah, similar to, to the Godzilla, Godzilla cards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if this was their plan when they originally released these or not. I mean, obviously, they're going to respond to uh, all the outcry in the community as well. But they did come out in multiple places and say, like, no, we can reprint these cards if we want to. We can reskin them if we want to. We can create versions. And it won't mean that you can have two in your deck or eight in your deck if right. you're playing a legacy format or something like that. So they can get these cards into circulation in higher numbers if that's necessary some point down the road. So they did sort of allay that fear from people. Um, Which I think is, by the way, even if they decided it literally after they released the cards and saw the outcry, the right thing, direction to move in 
Yeah, I don't think they should ever print anything in Secret Layer than they're like, this is literally the only time we're going to print it ever. Because it doesn't matter what it is and how many people buy it. In five or six years, you know, if it's awesome and a lot of people want it, then you're going to need more in circulation because new players are just coming in all the time. Yeah. Um, There's been some erroneous information about the availability of Secret Layers and where they ship to, though. I've heard on multiple content creators even say that it's only available in North, North America. I had people like yelling at me saying like how can you support a product that's only available in north america and i was like it's not though right because other secret layers have been available in other places so we did a little bit of research and looked online and found the list of countries that secret this secret layer was available in so here we go josh will now sing them yeah uh argentina australia (laughs) and canada chile china colombia costa rica hong kong japan macau mexico new zealand peru singapore south korea taiwan the united states vietnam Austria, Belgium, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Bulgaria, Croatia, Cyprus, Czechia, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Ireland, Italy, Latvia, Liechtenstein, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Macedonia, Malta, Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Portugal, Romania, Serbia, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom. So not everywhere. But a lot of countries and a lot of different regions. Yeah, in that's the world. most of the major continents, I believe, and a lot in Europe, obviously. And you've got Asia. And a lot in Asia. You've as got well. some Latin America, Brazil, notably missing. Obviously, listen, it's not everywhere, but I don't think it's fair to say that it's only available in North America and, I, and that it's going to be like extremely limited. This is basically the places that Commander products go, right. uh, with a few places missing. And Wizards obviously wants to send these everywhere they can. I think the reason they're not available just everywhere is just laws and import export laws and legal things in in certain countries don't allow it i'm also assuming these days things are a bit harder to sell around the world given the current state of the world but anyway i just want to get that out there because i thought that it was weird that that was the a major talking point it's only available in north america that part is not true Um, okay okay let's get into our opinions here because that's ultimately i think people were asking us a lot like what do you think about it and we went into we've gone into it on our discord we've posted a little bit about it on twitter um before we get into our opinions, a lot of people, oh, like you don't have to look very hard to find many comments that are basically saying we're not stating our opinion or haven't like made a video about it because of our affiliation, our sponsorship with Wizards of the Coast. Basically that we're shills and that we can't say what we think because that will somehow you know. destroy or deteriorate our working relationship with wizards uh and i would pr- i appreciate everyone that said this in a civil way no uh, i would say 99 percent of the comments about this said this in a derogatory fashion to us as though the th- that us not saying this because of our wizards connection was somehow a detriment and i we need to clear the air about this all right what does wizards sponsor on our channel josh game nights game just nights. that show only that show there's about 10 episodes a year those episodes are sponsored directly by Wizards of the Coast. And on that show, we do have some guidelines and rules with them. They do get to watch the show and approve it before uh, it goes to air. And that's mostly to look for things like obscenities or things like... Rules mistakes, even. Rules mistakes. Things like, you know, they wouldn't want us doing things like having drug references or something in there, you know, in a joke or something. Like, it's tied directly to their brand because it says that it's sponsored by them. So they, you know, they don't... Honestly, I don't think they've ever changed a single thing. We've sent it to them, and every time they've said, yep, it's great. Uh, But they just have to cover their bases because they are directly affiliated with it. The podcast, this show that you're listening to right now, The Roundtable, Extra Turns, anything else we put out, that is not sponsored by Wizards. They have no say over what we say. And yes, understanding that we have a relationship with them for game nights that we don't necessarily want to like blow up. Still, they have never in any way, shape, or form 
told us, you know, you should say this, you shouldn't say this, this is the, you know... Don't say this, otherwise this. Yeah, right. and also, if they did, we would end the relationship right away because there's no way Jimmy and I are going to enter into any deal with any brand that would require us to hide or misrepresent our opinions. Yeah, and also, you'll note that I say the words, this show is brought to you and sponsored by Wizards of the Coast because it's a legal requirement in front of any of our content that's actually sponsored by them. So if I'm not saying those words... Wizards has literally nothing to do with the stuff that we're making, the content that we're saying outside of the cards that we're reviewing, if that makes sense. Yeah, they, they, yeah, it's their cards, obviously, we're talking about, but they can't tell us what to say about them. And we've been critical of them in the past many times. Which is we're, something that I think we have to reiterate here, especially for those that don't know it, because maybe they didn't catch the episode where we blasted them for whatever it is, but we have constantly been doing this and consistently been doing this for five plus years on the podcast we will lambast them about things we don't like tell them about design choices we disagree with ask aloud why the heck is this not in this it happens quite often and if you haven't seen it in the past it doesn't mean it doesn't happen and of course we praise them as well um but it's funny when you have the sponsorship i understand it's human nature when we say or or you hear something from us that maybe you disagree with uh, to rather, immediately associate. Rather than yeah. say like, oh, Josh and Jimmy think something that I don't. It's a lot. For whatever reason, the human brain just wants to say, they don't really think that. They're they, only saying this they're because they're sponsored. They're saying that because XY. Yeah, listen, we don't say stuff on the show that we don't think. So, <laughs> so having said that, our real opinions, it's always our real opinions if we're giving our opinions, on Walking Dead Secret Lair, Jimmy, go ahead. Okay. I don't like the cards. I think they're really dumb, honestly. And I hate The Walking Dead. I watched one season of it and I watched a little bit of other seasons. I'm like, this show, eh, whatever. You know, I think it's like zombie porn to be very direct about it. And I don't like the show. And the only part of the show that I liked was Steven Yeun playing Glenn then, because I thought his character was dope. And in an alternate universe, I would have loved to audition for that character. So maybe I'd have a different opinion if I was in that show. But here's the thing. If you were in the show, you would have loved it. I, I mean, it would even, be your favorite show of all time. Even, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the actors actually had problems with it too. Yeah, I was going to say, you've story. never been in a piece of content that you didn't like? No, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and so I don't like the cards. I don't like the idea of these cross collaborations. My main thing was like, why didn't they make make these silver bordered why didn't they make these like the godzilla promos and tell us that they're going to be printing the commander precon in the future right there's so many different ways that i think they could have foreseen the problems that this set has and i agree with the majority of the reasons that people don't like it the card availability is an issue the fact that legacy and vintage players might want this and it's going to drive the prices up the fact that there are people out there that are going to buy four eight twelve copies of this and that's still going to artificially drive the prices up so even if you do boycott it or even if you don't purchase it you feel like you're doesn't matter as much so i think there's a lot of stuff going around that i'm just not a huge fan of the cards but at the same time i don't think they break the format in fact i think the cards that break the format are the ones that are worth hundreds if not thousands of dollars because they're on a thing called the reserved list and i think in terms of what does it mean to be an accessible card in the world of magic the gathering is that we need to open our purview a little bit larger and look towards the fact that there are a lot of cards and situations that make this game inaccessible for many different and more valid reasons not to say that this isn't a valid thing I'm not a huge fan of it, but I don't think it breaks the format. And if you're a new player that thinks that Glenn or Michonne is the coolest character ever and you want to build a freaking deck around them and you want to play it against me, I'm going to play against you. I'm not going to go like, eh, no thanks and walk away from the table because I think that destroys the spirit of the game, right? I've had people pull out proxy commanders that aren't even commanders. I've had people play Nephilim against me that aren't legal. There's a thing called rule zero in magic and that's something, uh, in commander. commander. And that's something where you discuss with the people around you what you're comfortable with, what you want to play with. And so I think those are the things that still protect this game above all. 
and that's why I am not up in arms about these cards, but it doesn't mean that I don't like them, that I don't approve of them, and I certainly am not going to buy them. Uh, let me ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 is you love Walking Dead Secret Lair, <laughs> I think it's the best thing ever, Okay. and 1 is you hate it the most you could ever hate a thing ever. Where are you? I'm like a four to a five. So you mostly are like ambivalent. I'm just like, I don't care for these things. Yeah, I you, don't you, like you, what they're doing to the community. And that's actually the worst part to me is how the community has been divided over it. The cards themselves don't affect... The, if the cards were like Smothering Tithe or Soul Ring, I would go three, two. You know, it would just drop down because those are the things that really impact, I think, the game that we're playing. Um, Yeah, I'm probably like a five right in the middle. Like, I don't care much. I generally don't like them. And the reasons I don't like them are mostly the aesthetic reasons. Uh -huh. Like, I just don't love seeing, you know, characters from a TV show that have just feel like it has nothing to do with magic. On, right. you know, like, like, like aesthetic kind of matters to me a little bit when I'm playing the game. But I, it's, it's a mild dislike. It's like... um. It's like a food that you normally like, but there's just kind of a bad version of it that you're eating. Yeah, and it's you're like sushi like, at a yeah, and you're airport. like, I'm still gonna eat the rest of this, but yeah, I'm de I, you know I'm not gonna rave about it. I'm probably gonna forget this meal like five seconds after I walk away, but it's not gonna like ruin my entire day or anything. Like whatever. it doesn't make you hate that type of food forever. No, yeah, okay, yeah, it, that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, I think the card availability thing's a little bit overblown. Like for instance, let's say you wanted to build an Urza deck right now. Mm -hmm. Well, that card's not in print. Right. And that's just how magic works. Now, the window of availability for this was a week, whereas Modern Horizons was three or four months. Yeah. But ultimately, for somebody three years from now, those are the same. Like, that is a card you're going to have to find on the secondary market unless they've reprinted it. And that's what these are going to be three years from now for, for players. So I think that part of it is a little bit overblown. Wizards is the company. They get to make the magic cards and they get to figure out how to distribute them. And, you know... I, they're allowed to do things like this. I wish it wasn't The Walking Dead they were doing this with. Yeah. Just because that part of it, I don't really love the crossover of those two IPs. Uh, the R-rated thing, I, I am sympathetic to because, you know, one of the reasons we created this show and our content is all basically PG or G-rated is because I was teaching my nephew to play. Right. Uh, and that's how I got back into the show. And so the fact that, like, there are these R-rated elements that I don't, you know, I wouldn't have wanted my nephew at that time, who was, I think, 13, to be, you know, exposed to, through me at least, uh, to that kind of... Like, they would see the car and maybe Google it and then yeah, go like down that, that path. That, so, I think that part videos, feels a yeah. little bit bad. But again, these are five cards, you know. It's just... Uh, here's, here's an analogy. Because I think you can be correct about how you're feeling, but incorrect in what your response is. So, oh, yeah. let's imagine that you go to a restaurant... And you sit down and you order a cheeseburger. One cheeseburger, please. And the cheeseburger comes to your table a few minutes later. Oh, sorry. You order the cheeseburger with no tomatoes. Oh, yeah. No tomatoes. I hate tomatoes. Yeah. I love it. And the cheeseburger comes to your table uh, a few minutes later and it has tomatoes in it. Now, I think most people would say it's reasonable to be slightly annoyed and it's reasonable to go back to your waiter or go up to the counter and say, you know, hey, I asked for my uh, cheeseburger with no tomatoes. Do you think I could get it remade mm -hmm. um, so I can get what I ordered? It is not reasonable to wait outside in the parking lot for the cook to get done with their shift so that you can beat them up. Ah. And so the proportion <laughs> of the response matters. Like, I think people have decent points about why they don't like the secret layers. I don't think they are being reasonable and proportionate with their response to it online. Calling for the cards for the rules committee to be banned and then 
getting online and typing in all caps and calling the rules committee out and saying they have no integrity or saying that we're shills and we only say what wizard wants us to say or just straight up calling people names which we both have received I would um, say the hard majority of tweets I've received and messages and comments have all been telling me I should be ashamed of myself. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're accusatory. Dis- accusatory. They're disappointed. It's toxic. It's a lot of vitriol. And it's a way that I wish no one ever had to talk to anyone in this world, especially not around a fictional card game with tiny plastic and, and cardboard cards that you play on the table for fun. Yeah, I think a lot of people who have reacted that way online, like, and, and, and you know, when you try and respond in a civil manner, which I tried at first a couple of times because I'm dumb. Um, a lot of them will say things like, you know, you're mocking my feelings and my whatever. Yes, because you are the person who didn't get tomatoes on your hamburger and then waited to beat up the cook after the thing. You're crazy. And not just that. I'm you, not saying You that, tweeted at the line cooks. You tweeted yeah. at the head staff. You tweeted at the owner of the restaurant. You found a way to message every single person in the restaurant. I'm not saying that, hey, you should just eat the tomatoes and like it. I'm not saying that at all. Yes, you should be annoyed. But you're not handling it in the manner of a reasonable person. And that makes you crazy. Like that you should be ashamed of yourself for the <laughs> behavior that you are exhibiting because it is not in proportion with what the the problem is. Not that there's no problem, just that we have to be reasonable human beings in how we react to that. And so that's what I think is really the most... Yeah, leave, biggest, a, leave a Yelp review, okay? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the biggest restaurant. disappointing... The analogy. Yeah. The biggest disappointing thing to me about this whole thing is just the to- toxicity exhibited by the community in response to it. I get it. You don't like it. Don't go track down individual people that work at Wizards of the Coast and yell at them. Like, you don't even know if they had anything to do with it. Also, they're just an employee at a place. Like, Mm -hmm. they didn't make the decision. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I'm sure there are people within Wizards of the Coast who were excited about this thing. They designed it. Maybe they love The Walking Dead. You know, they probably thought the community was going to think it was cool because mostly the Godzilla response was cool. And, you know... Even if they worked on it, I'm not like you shouldn't go after individual people, is all I'm saying. Write to the company. I'm disappointed. I don't think you should have made the product. Here's why I'm not going to be buying it. Maybe I'm not going to be playing your game anymore. Whatever you want to say, say it to the company. But saying it to individual people that work at Wizards or even people that don't work at Wizards, that's what's insane to me. The rules committee and the commander advisor group are volunteers. Yeah. Now, some of there is some crossover of the RC into the WotC side, but that, again, None of them are being paid for this. It's not their job. They have regular day jobs. Uh, and in fact, one of uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to keep going into it because okay. I don't want to feel like a, a pity fest or anything. Yeah, yeah uh, I don't want you to feel sorry for us. I want you to feel for the people that were acting like that. And honestly, like of our viewers, it's going to be a small percentage, right? Because this is just the loud people online. And we know that like 90% of Magic players don't aren't that, uh, that invested to get to that level of, you know, pitchfork torches yeah let's burn it all to the ground type of anger yeah and it's something else that we noticed too and and this video is a part of that fad which is if we were a news channel and wanted to cover every single late breaking thing that happened then we would make very salacious headlines on our clickbait titles well wait 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 hold on we're gonna have a salacious clickbait that's what i'm saying to make fun of it we are for this video Yeah, 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 yeah yeah and this video is gonna get a lot of views we know that for a fact and that's a thing that I think kind of poisons the toxic well a little bit more in terms of the content creation world because when something big happens like this and everyone wants to jump on to make a video about it, they all know that those videos are going to pick up traction, they're going to be shared, they're going to be discussed, they're going to be subscribed to, all of that stuff. And I don't blame anyone, right, for wanting to get a higher number or whatever it is in the YouTube world. 
I just think that what ended up happening is that this was already an extremely uh, angry and vitriolic situation. And what ended up happening is that all of the content creators just wanted to strike a match or throw more oil on this fire and just watch it grow bigger. And what ended up happening is that there was so little regard for what was actually tearing apart the community that we got to this place where people were getting harassed online, people were getting sent threats of all sorts and just accusatory things and things that are not pleasant to look at or watch. In fact, I wanted to say something about this immediately. And then when I looked at my Twitter inbox and just saw how many people were disappointed in me for not saying something or angry at me telling me I should quit, they're unsubbing, that I should be ashamed of myself. I was like, you know what? Screw that. I'm not talking about it at all. I've already gone through one boycott, all right, of a movie that I did. And I tried to talk to those people as well. And there was literally no winning because they never gave me a position to win from, if that makes sense. They never gave me a safe space for me to be like, hey, here's what I actually think. Please don't massacre me over this. What ends up happening is I can't believe you said that. I can't believe this. And so you're not given really any position or a safe ground to stand on to even start the conversation and as a result you just got a lot of vitriol a lot of toxicity and it's fueled by all the content around it as well i just uh didn't open twitter for a few days that's, that's you know smart. what like it was really easy for my finger to just not touch that button and because <laughs> every time i did it just be like a hundred messages yelling at me why the, why the heck am i gonna do that i got plenty to do here we got extra turns a game nights all of our content to plan for next year we're working on that so uh i was like i'm busy I don't need to be on Twitter and that's why you didn't hear from me because if I'm just going to go on there and get yelled at, like what is the incentive? To, that's not fun. Like, not I, I don't need that in my life. Yeah. There's also criticism that like, why didn't you guys put out a video immediately? And here's the thing. If this was a massive rules change or if a card was actually banned and would affect you going into your next play groups played, you know, yeah, tomorrow tomorrow or tonight even, then that's the case where Josh and I look at the other and go, okay, we should probably address this as soon as possible so that people don't get things wrong so that they're playing the game correctly. We had videos. The that one was we recorded the last video like what a week and a half or two weeks in advance. I mean, it was yeah. I will say that this was in a particularly busy a time for us. We time. had an extra turns planned to shoot. We had a game nights planned to shoot. So what we did is ahead of time we recorded last week's podcast episode. So usually we'd record about a week ahead, but we recorded that more like almost two weeks ahead. So and we had the roundtable and uh, podcast the the week before or the week of. So there was extra workload on the editing team. So. There wasn't a really great window for us to create a video. We obviously could have done it if we wanted to, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. I think we both looked at each other and went... Is it worth it given what the response will be? I don't think so, yeah. Should we just... wait for the dust to clear and then talk about it in post? I think that's a little more effective and also a little better for the overall health of what's happening here in the community. Okay, so this video is going to be all about Walking, walking Dead, dead Secret yeah, Lair. That's we're 30 minutes careful. on Walking Dead. So we're going we're gonna to move on Wait, here. can I make one last point? Well, yeah, this I, community has been split before by someone who we literally banned out of it. And I personally saw a resurgence of this person's fans and his fan group, which are not the kind of people that you want to stick around come back because of this and start to infest the magic community again and tear it apart around it uh yeah i, I want to no say, thanks i, I want to say one last thing here and it's to content creators and i think you know we understand um and i'm not i'm not being disparaging or, or you know i don't mean to sort of tell people what to do with their content but at the same time i would like them to think about the manner in which they speak about these types of things because you know when you have a large following in the community People look you, up to you. Yeah. And you have a responsibility, I think, to, you know, do what's best for the community when you can. And obviously, like, if you take certain tacks, sometimes content creation and what's successful there is not um, the same as what's going to be best for, 
you know, magic and the community of magic and, and things like that. And I think, you know, I just, I just hope that some people, you know, who are friends of ours, a lot of them, um, will just think about that when they kind of get out there and stoke the flames a little bit. Like I get it. And, and, you know, I'm not yelling at anybody. Uh, and I don't think that they were saying things they didn't believe. I just think as with many things in life, it's not necessarily exactly what you're doing. It's just how you're going about doing it. Just think about that a little bit. And I think there's maybe ways to, to be constructive that aren't destructive. Yeah. And sense. if you're putting out a video, like the day after something happens, you're going to have less time to prepare for it, which means you should be probably even more aware of how you're approaching it and what the effect that's going to be. But you know, I get it. Like being right on top of the thing as it's happening, you know, that's important. Yeah. Like, listen, in certain circumstances, we are like, okay, we got to get something out because everyone's going to be talking about it. We need to be in the mi middle of that and be involved in it. And I totally understand that. I don't blame anybody for that at all. I just, you know, just give a little bit of thought to like, hey, is this going to be destructive in some way? And am I okay with that? Because I think a lot of the people that are doing that, you know, the, the rant videos and the things like that, it's not that they don't believe what they're saying. It's just that they're working everybody up into this. A do fervor. you want to uh, just know what's the outcome of what you're saying? And maybe you can say it in a way that doesn't get it to the point where like the community starting to fracture. That's all I'm saying. And the community unfortunately kind of did fracture over all this. And that is the main thing that I am personally concerned about, which is I don't want the community to split itself more and more and more over cards that are in you know half a year i don't even know if we're going to be talking about them we'll probably never talk about it again. right and clearly i would say this wizards has gotten the message they have gotten the message and if they continue to misstep then yes we can probably get a little more one more pitchfork out of the barn but for now i think we should put those away because the only people you're stabbing with those pitchforks at that point at this point are the people who make the content for you and the game that you love that we love all together community one for all all for one Okay, I got one playing. more thing to say, though, because I don't want to set expectations incorrectly. I will, I don't have any knowledge, but I'll guarantee there's going to be more instances like this where they do crossover IPs. And yes, like I know for a fact that's no Because there's no way that they plan, because they plan stuff so far ahead. Yeah. So there's no way they could incorporate into their planning that everybody would hate this and they shouldn't do it again. They wouldn't have done it in the first place then. So let's just all prepare ourselves for the idea that this may be a thing that pops up again and they've already commissioned the art and designed the cards and paid all the money and they need to recoup some of those losses i get it um yeah we and, can, yeah yeah and don't forget you still vote with your wallet yeah i think that's the biggest thing just don't buy the stuff and then eventually they will stop making it okay okay we got to stop now otherwise we're going to talk about uh the walking dead for the entirety of the episode there are our thoughts um hopeful to hear from you in the comment uh maybe not calling us like we have no integrity or we're I plead or whatever. for civil conversation. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Love you we all. got a lot more questions though from the community to answer about other topics. Uh, but we're going to get into that in just a moment after we take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project 
in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to the episode. We are doing a Q&A today, and this next one's actually pretty funny. It ties kind of into the thing we just talked about. Yeah, it's kind of about crossover IPs. <laughs> yeah. All right, if you could have a superhero as your commander, who would it be? Asks Zachariah. I think Batman. Batman would be pretty cool. I'm Batman. Then because... you could talk like this the entire game. Yeah. I catch <laughs> Wait, Ristic Study. Do you There's... pay one for Ristic Study? Well, I think Batman would be like black and maybe... Well, actually, it depends, right? That's the cool thing about Batman. There's so many different yeah. versions and suits. Black and white. Yeah, it could be black and white or it could I be black so. and red for the you know, angry Batman. Black and green when he's doing Krypton stuff. Just kidding. What's Chaotic Lawful in Magic? Chaotic Lawful? Probably black and white. Black and white. Yeah. 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 Do you pay for smothering tithe? <laughs> it's like, uh, no... You can have that. It's like, it's okay. I'm rich. I don't need the money. <laughs> All right. I'm going with Professor X. Oh, cool. He reads people's minds. Yeah, that's pretty How blue. could you lose? Is he blue white? Because he's all about yeah, order. lawful, yeah, lawful, lawful good, yeah. yeah lawful good. It, I will say shout out to like the custom magic subreddits who I'm actually interested in how what they think about the whole promo thing because they've been making cards like this for years. Their yep. whole Star Trek sets, their whole Harry Potter sets yep. <laughs> with mechanically unique cards. All right, let's go to uh, the next question. Has the recent delay on the release slash spoilers of Commander Legends also delayed the intended release date for the next game nights? And in a weird coincidence, this person's name is Xavier. That is coincidental. I'm pretty sure it's Professor X. Read read our minds. Prof X. Yeah. Months ago and knew that we were going to do the questions in this order. So for contents, Wizards of the Coast uh, announced that the release of Commander Legends is being delayed globally until November 20th due to production challenges as a result of the ongoing pandemic. Um, Pre-release events will start on November 13th and the preview season for Commander Legends begins on October 26th. So Game Nights is going to follow suit and we are going to push the release date back basically one week so game nights will release on we never announced this early so yeah, this person cool. tricked us into saying this <laughs> it's, it's professor x they yeah uh so game nights the next game nights will release on november 18th yes but that could change if delays happen further a lot of these production things um sort of are like last minute when it comes down to it yep oh uh, speaking of which if you're a kickstarter backer you should have received your survey by now and uh, you have until october 21st to fill that out so please do okay Check your email and the Kickstarter page for updates. Okay. Go ahead. All right, next question is, I'm building a Zaxara the Exemplary deck, and I'm having a hard time deciding how many counterspells is enough slash too many to include. It's not a control deck, so I don't want to go overboard. And also, do you consider counters as single target removal or some other category? I consider Dan. them as single target removal. Yeah, I've started to do that more these days, especially if the... Uh, and, like, I've also started to consider them card draw sometimes if you play, like, Sublime Epiphany. Mystic Confluence. Uh, Mystic Confluence. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot, I think. Counterspells actually fill this interesting slot where they do a lot. They provide tempo. 
They also remove a card from your opponent. Sometimes they give you additional value, like with a cryptic commander or whatever. I think they definitely count as single target removal. It's Blue's version of it. It's a little narrow, but yeah. so is a card that says Detroit target artifact or enchantment, right? It can't get creatures, so it's narrow yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, to answer Dan's earlier question, I would say, Dan, if it's not a control deck, you probably want somewhere in the range of two to four. Yeah. You don't want zero. I think you want at least a couple, especially if it's in a play group you play with people a lot. You want them to know there's the possibility of the counterspell so you can bluff it sometimes or they can have to worry about it. But if it's not a full-on control deck, you don't want 10 because that's just too many. You'll be countering way more, right? Like I'd say if at 10, you're like countering once a turn cycle almost. I think you want two to four or two to five or you want 20 and you don't really want in the middle. Yeah. You want to be like, I'm a counterspell deck or... I can occasionally counter the right thing at the right time. Yeah, and maybe save myself from losing the game. Exactly. Yeah, I said between two and five, too. And then or I'll protect me winning the game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're you're definitely... I would say definitely include the counter spells, too, that are flexible and modal. So, the Cryptic Command, Insidious Halt Wills, Sublime Epiphanies, Mystic, Mystic Confluences. Those are all cards that have a lot of options, and they're a little more expensive, so you don't feel as bad for... Well, he probably yeah. wants the X spells, right? Zexara character. Oh, you're right, you're right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, the spell bursts and things spell like that. Burst, spell tw- yeah, the things I can counter for X as well. So. Syncopate. Syncopate, yeah, there you That's go. That's a good one. Um, next question. How do you feel about bluffing or straight-up lying about having a response, like a counter, to something that's happening on the board from Philip? I love it. <laughs> I'd say buyer beware. Uh, if you get called out on this sort of stuff, the next time you do it will be much less impactful. Yeah, be careful how you do it. But I think it's totally fine to do, and I will do it quite often. Either imply I have a removal spell when I don't. I don't think I will very often straight up say, I have removal for that. And then they go, I attack you anyway. Oh, crap. Never mind. Yeah. Or I will counter that. And then they do it. But I will imply heavily. So that's a form of lying, right? Yeah. I mean, having the mana open, or if you have a bunch of instants in your deck, just having a bunch of mana open and having someone do something, be like, hold on. And really, you're just looking at the card that says draw cards in your hand. You're like, okay, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. That's a form of lying, right? right, That's gamesmanship, I would call it. Um, I also like doing a thing where I may have a way to remove something on the board, but I'd rather somebody else use the removal. So I, right. I'm not above being like, I can't really take care of that. You Can got anything? Else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially feel, yeah. if my turn, because by the time your turn comes around, you're going to draw a card. Mm-hmm. So you could claim that you drew the card that's going to remove the card if nobody else did anything about it so you can cover your lie you just don't basically want to put yourself in a situation where your lie is easily uncovered and revealed to everybody because then they're never going to trust you again and the the equity loss there is way bigger than any one moment you're lying about yeah that makes sense don't lie too hard but definitely imply and especially if you can do it and follow up with something sometimes too that will help you the next time you try and bluff as well yeah just play a lot of among us that'll get you a lot of good practice yeah also don't don't do it in colors that can't do it you know don't be in a color <laughs> and be like i can deal with that i'm like no you actually can't how? Yeah, yeah how did they print a secret letter i didn't know about <laughs> oh, wow too soon too okay soon. okay uh next question is which set in the past three years do you think has the was the most revolutionary to magic as a game and this is from Anonymous. This person didn't, they didn't want anyone to know they asked yeah, this yeah, question. Yeah. There's some good op- options here. You wrote some nominees down. I put a couple as well. Okay, so my nominees are War of the Spark, because static abilities on Planeswalkers, mm-hmm. I think is pretty, pretty revolutionary. Modern Horizons, simply because it introduces a way to bypass standard and get new cards into the game. Yep. And Zendikar Rising, I think the modal double-faced cards are 
pretty revolutionary and the more i play with them the more i believe that we were correct in our episode about them and you're going to be putting four to five of them in every, every single, deck. single deck yeah i wrote down ikoria because i think mutate is a mechanic that we will still be baffled by three years from now mm-hmm. uh, and then jumpstart just because it was oh. another interesting way to sort of bypass again all the other formats and release a really sweet product with a lot of very viable commanders um I'm going to say modal double face cards. I think as far as like cards we're going to see mm-hmm. regularly over the next, you know, three, four years, we're going to see a lot of modal double face cards. Um, so I think Zendikar Rising ushering that in is going to end up being like a big revolutionary thing. What I'm going to say jumpstart, uh, provided that they make it more available and actually the go through with more. the reprint. Yeah, because I think, again, like this is a really cool way to both introduce people to magic and then introduce cards, right? This is when mill became a real thing. Yeah. And so like it's cool to like get the opportunity to use a set like this. It fits in a really nice power space so you can make a lot of cool stuff. And I think legacy players were happy about El Goblin Lord. Okay, what's up with Teamfight Tactics? Still playing it? On what platform? Are you still making the podcast? And it's from Seraphim. So those that don't know, for a while last year... Two years ago now. Was almost. that a long time ago? Yeah. A long. while ago, year we made uh, we started making a, another content channel for Teamfight Tactics called Teamfight Tactical Report. Uh, for all of like six episodes. We did it for about a month and a half, maybe two months. Yeah. And then we stopped. And to answer your question, Seraphim... Um, we're not still playing and we're not still making the podcast. I do actually still play occasionally. Oh, yeah, the newest set that came out, really interesting mechanic called Chosen. Um, but the reason that we couldn't make the podcast is that the game changes. There's a patch every two weeks and it affects so much of the meta every single time and it evolved extremely quickly. And so being able to keep up with all of that as well as all of the magic stuff when we could barely keep up with the magic stuff uh, ended up just being a little too much. But it was a fun experiment while it lasted. Yeah, it was fun, but we just we couldn't keep up with it. Uh, Okay, next question is from Robert. He says, we have a pretty large playgroup. Some players are hyper-aggressive and want to kill everyone as soon as possible, while other players want to see their build come to fruition and get to that special combo they came up with, etc. How do you keep everyone happy and playing together? This is kind of like the rule zero thing. If you are all about to bust out your decks, have a small conversation around the table about what kind of game is about to happen, and that way everyone's going to have their expectations set correctly. I actually think this sounds great, that you have multiple personalities, uh, multiple personalities, multiple different play styles in your playgroup, because that's kind of the rock, paper, scissors aspect uh, that I find fun. Like, I don't think it would actually be great if everybody in the playgroup is just this, like, uh, combo, uh, (laughs) slow decks, no one's going to do anything for five turns. You need the aggro players and things in the mix to kind of keep everybody honest, and then you need those big late-game players to keep the aggro decks honest. Like, yeah, so I think, to me, that mix of play styles is actually good, and you want that. Yeah, I would actually test it out if you're like, hey, let's just only play aggressive decks this time and see what happens, or like, let's do a mix. And I think you might, you know, based on what Josh said there, you might actually have more fun doing more of a mix than anything else. Yeah, it's nice. When you build a deck, you have to think like, well, they might play an aggro deck. They might play this deck. If you just know for sure everyone's going to play the same type of deck, then your deck building gets really skewed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. Yes. If you had to ban one card, what would it be? And this is from Wes. So we have to. We can't just say not a card. Yeah. Uh, my votes would either be Mana Crypt or the card behind the Cyclonic Rift. Wow. I would say Blood Moon. <laughs> uh, all right. All joking aside, I think I would say Aetherflux Reservoir. Oh, interesting. The I one just, shot Death Star. 
Yeah, I just have never seen a play pattern with that card that I think is really fun. And, and I've taken it out of my most of my decks just because even oh, really? using it myself, it yeah, it's always a card. You just play it, and then you just win or you hold it over everybody's head until you win. It's I don't know. I just don't find a lot of fun play patterns from that card. I, right. Listen, to be clear, I would not ban any cards. Right, I'm on the right, cag. Right, right, I'm right. just saying, this person said if we had to. Had to, right. Yeah. Like, it must happen. I think I should just say a card that doesn't matter to anyone, like a common from a set, actually. It's like Spore Web Weaver. Ban it. I love that card. <laughs> All right, next question from David. It feels like every game I play these days has at least one Landfall slash Lands Matters deck. What's the best way to beat these types of strategies? This is a funny question because it's true, right? I did a Twitter poll. And I asked people, do you have a lands matter deck? Do you have a wheel deck? Do you have both? And something like 66% of people had a lands matter deck. Like Whoa. either lands matter or both those decks. Jeez. So like most players have a lands matter deck now, which it feels, that feels true. Like you just run into it all the time. Yeah. And again, the main perpetrators of this are the Lord Windgraces and Gitrog monsters. So how would and now you... there's like Radas and there's yeah. Azusas and uh, there's, you know. Well, there's... Azusa being reprinted in Scapeshift 2 definitely helped those decks out quite a bit. There's just so much of it. Yeah. And it's a good question, right? Like it is a difficult mechanic to counter. Because lands are kind of holy in the game. And so you yeah. can't really go after them. So what would you do, Josh? Well, I thought of like even mind sensor stuff ashiok stuff most lands matter decks are fetch lands using fetch lands a lot or using rampant growths and things that search their uh library for lands and so turning off their ability to search ashiok Mm -hmm. the planeswalker sorry that basically like can really mess with them especially since you can flash it in in response to the search and make them just lose their fetch and not get a land into play for the mind sensor yeah 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 so i think that's sort of one good way to to counter these decks is to have a few of that type of effect in there yeah i think graveyard hate has got to be the biggest one uh so there are a lot of cards like bajuka bog and if you play an expedition map in your deck having a bajuka bog if you can play it that's just like a two thing that your expedition map is always going to be good it's always going to do something for you but if you can get make sure you can get that piece out uh there's also jund and rakdos charm are both ways to get rid of cards in graveyards uh, scavenger grounds i think scavenger is a, grounds, a good one yes. that i've been putting in almost every deck because yeah, yeah because uh, lands matter decks are very often playing lands from their graveyards. Uh, Ramanuak Excavator, Crucible of Worlds, Lord Windgrace just does it. Being able to get rid of a Crucible is really important too, yep. so make sure you're packing even single target artifact removal. But a lot of times they go to like get a land or something out of their graveyard and you're like, no, just get rid of your graveyard. And they're, that like turns off a lot of their ability to get those extra lands into play. Yeah, maybe it takes them two, three turns to get back to setting it up like that. Uh, Confounding Conundrum, that's a new card that you know, hurts the lands matter decks because they want to put multiple lands into play and Mm -hmm. it makes them bounce them instead. I mean... Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, it feels like it helps them hit landfall because they bounce their lands, but they don't get extra lands into play, so it, like, cultivates and rampant growth and stuff become pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Again, just getting rid of an Azusa or Amina and Den are the cards that let them play extra cards too, so having single target removal ready to go will stop them from comboing off and going nuts on turn three or whatever it is. Yep. Um... Yeah. It's, uh, I also thought there are some cards that do targeted graveyard shuffling, like Clear the Mind or Learn from the Past, which oh. are cantrips, but they also shuffle a person's graveyard into their library. That's cool. So that's kind of mean. Uh, and then if you are going down the mean track anyway, maybe like Stifle Effects, because you can stifle the tr- the trigger on a fetch land, oh. and then they sacrifice their lands and get nothing for it. 
if you're running into a lot of linefall decks, that might be worth it. And they lose a life. The, if you do that on turn one, it could just knock them out of the game where they just don't, on turn two, they have they start the turn with zero lands. Like, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Uh, that's if you want to be mean. All right, <laughs> let's do one more question here. From Richard Garfield. No, just, <laughs> Rich, just Richard. <laughs> probably not Richard Garfield, but we don't know for certain. Yeah, it's we, true. We probably do. We just took the, the last names off. Well, yeah, we'll flip a coin. We never know. Okay. Uh, are you guys worried about power creep with so much product being released each year? And now Wizards is paying a lot more attention to Commander. Is it or will it be a problem for the format? This is a good question. Yeah, power creep is one of those things where over time, and you'll see it, right? Like Bane Slayer Angel used to be the biggest, baddest thing on the block. Now, now you, you don't look even at, play it. You look at like questing beasts and all sorts of different things and cards in Commander, and you're like, wow, people thought Bane Slayer was a good card. Um, so that's what power creep is. is that Sarah Angel, time, the greatest creature of all time uh, in yeah. alpha and beta and unlimited, but then, yeah. Yeah, clearly outclassed. So cards will get better over time uh, because there's you know more and less design space simultaneously to work with. And Commander is something that could get affected by that. I mean, definitely has been. I think it's impossible that no power creep would occur. Four color commanders is an instance of the greatest power creep I think commander's ever seen in a single go. I mean, I think it has to do a lot with like arcane signet, mm-hmm. right? Um, one thing we've been talking about in the office a lot recently is that like three mana rocks, we used to play them, right? You used to play mm-hmm. Commander Lantern, Sphere, Lantern, Dark Steel, yeah. Ingot, those type of things. You don't play those cards anymore. They've been pushed out of the format by the Thought Vessels and the uh, right. Arcane Signets and, and things like Mind that. Like even, even Coalition Relic, like I barely play anymore. And that'll give you two mana sometimes on the turn after you play it. Uh, and that's just like... It can never go the other way. Nothing's going to ever... Because what you do is you take this card and you go, okay, well, this does basically what this other one does, but it's cheaper mana Mm -hmm. cost, so I'm going to replace it. But there's nothing really that's going to be like, oh, this one's going to make me take out a two drop and put in a five drop in general. So that's why I think the format's, you know, gotten noticeably faster over the last, like, five years. And it's not happening super fast. Like, it's five years, Mm -hmm. but we're noticing changes. And I think... Power creep is always a thing in games like Magic. And the only way to really solve it is what Modern kind of did in relation to Legacy, right? Like, that's how Modern tried to solve this problem of Legacy is just like, everything's happening so fast and decks can win on like turn two pretty regularly. How do we create a format that allows us to play with a, a lot more cards than standard, but doesn't end, you know, super early? And, and they were like, well, we just limit the card pool in a different way. Um, so I think no matter what happens commanders go there's going to be some power creep and it's the rate at which the power creep is happening that we should be worried about yeah and this is also something that you can decide in your play group if everyone's starting to get hyper competitive and stuff just be like like everyone can we put like two more six drops in everyone's deck just be a little more casual and push it the other end and you can combat power creep that way this actually if anything says that like deck building will be a lot more standardized as in like you really only do want to play the two mana rocks like you rarely want to play the three mana ones i think we're there right like that that's a, yeah. a revolution or an evolution that's happened in the last couple of years where i just noticed i'm just not running you know uh, I'm not running Thran Dynamo like basically ever anymore. Yeah, right? ever. But it used to be when we started the show, Thran Dynamo was in most decks. So yeah, that's true. And then it was replaced by Hedron Archive. Yeah, uh, because it could draw some cards if it was not good anymore. Yeah, I think three and four mana rocks are just out. Three mana rocks, I can see a case for. There's also that one with the multi kicker, so you could have a bunch, or just regular kicker, so you have a bunch of copies of it. But outside of that, I'm. I mean, in the last I don't deck even I built that for game nights, I had six two mana rocks in it. And that's the thing. Because of all the two-mana rocks, you don't feel you need the three-mana ones, and you're just like, well, I'm just going to put three and four drops in that do stuff. Uh, So that kind of power creep. And I do think, you know, even if it's only three or four cards a year, 
Well, over five years, that's 20 cards. Right. That's a lot. That's a big percentage of your deck. It will affect the format. So I think, you know, the, that combined with the fact that Wizards is paying more attention to the Commander format, so we're likely to get more cards like Arcane Signet and things like that. Um, you know, we'll see with Commander Legends what happens, but I, I bet there are cards, you know, they want p- Commander players to like it. They have to make cards that you're going to play. Cards you're going to play are going to replace cards that are already in your deck, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going to, there's going to be a little bit of power creep in there. It's just how much. I hope, you know, they're cognizant of it, but I think it's impossible that there wouldn't be power creep over a long enough timeline. Yeah, it's something that the player base has to fight within your own play group and also just sort of be wary of. But it's changing deck building as we know it. So power creep is happening. It's not destroying the format yet, though. Yeah, I think the speed at which it's happening is acceptable. You just don't want it the change to happen so quickly that yeah, like, like they print five soul ring type cards all my set. old decks they don't work at all they can't compete at all now you know right. they, it's happening slowly enough that we can keep up and i think that that's mostly okay i'm not super worried about it and i would say that making commander games faster is a general good all right to the listeners uh by the way we're done answering questions now so <laughs> that, that'll be it uh, again if you want to have your question possibly answered on an episode like this in the future just email us command zone cast yeah. at gmail.com command zone cast at gmail.com <laughs> with the title question time that's all you have to put nothing else question time and we'll sort it into our inbox and ta-da you'll potentially get your question on a future episode but now we have a question for all of you out there to the listeners what do you think about power creep in the format is it something that you're worried about or that you think is accelerating yep or answer any of the other questions we talked about today we obviously know there's gonna be a lot of walking dead discussion in the comments so we look forward to having a nice civil area of discussion where no names will be called and we can all agree that at the end of the day we're playing a game and it's for fun so let's try to keep having as much of that as possible all right make sure that you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone if you're going to order any magic singles product, anything at all, you know, jumpstart, which we talked about. Yep. Um, I don't know if they have any. Hopefully they do. Maybe by the time you're hearing this, they've reprinted that. But there's also... Fingers crossed. There's also all the Zendikar Rising stuff. Uh, Commander Legends is on the way. Double face cards. I'm going to say it. Like, you're going to want these, and you're going to want these in a lot of your decks. So my advice would be to go and get your hands on the modal double face card sooner rather than later. We're near peak supply on Zendikar Rising, the most mm-hmm. supply there's ever going to be in the market, which means the lowest prices on most of those cards. So I think it's going to be a good idea to pick up a lot of those because, seriously, every deck I build for game nights, extra turns, for myself playing on spell table or whatever. It just feels so good to out, have in there. I'm putting so four good. or five in. And now I'm going back to all my old decks and being like, yep, the green one, the regrowth one, that's every green deck. Ball again recovery, is, baby. Yeah, Let's that go. card is insane. Like, that card is great. That's going in every deck you have that has green. So, uh, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's where you want to pick up that stuff. You're going to buy it anyway. You might as well uh, support the content you enjoy while you do. And here's the thing. Those MDFCs, you're going to take them in and out of the sleeves a lot, which means you might scuff them up. So why not put them into a inner sleeve and then into an ultra pro sleeve and then play it on your sweet ultra pro play mat there's so many ways to protect your cards and we again have trusted ultra pro to do that for us from the beginning here we put them into their deck boxes we use their sleeves on game nights and the shuffle feel i love shuffling these it's one of the few decks i can hold my entire hand and shuffle because it goes so smoothly and that to me says a lot about the quality of the sleeves and their new eclipse gloss sleeves making sure that you can see the shininess of your cards on the bottom as well yeah that's important very important uh so Definitely, if you're supporting Ultra Pro, you're also supporting the show. And you can pick up some Ultra Pro product from Card Kingdom while you're there. All right. Now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Jimmy, uh, do you have something cool? You were telling me about a Netflix movie just the other day. Oh, that's right. My I haven't watched it yet. My Octopus Teacher. 
Yeah, I it, think it's or something, some version of those words. It's my octopus seizure. I'm pretty okay, sure okay, it okay. pops up on my Netflix, and I've always been like, "That's weird," and cycled past it. But now I'm gonna have to watch it because you said it was good. Yeah, this is something that just started sort of randomly playing in the background, and everyone was doing stuff, and then just kind of got drawn to the TV. It's about this amazing uh, documentarian that decides to go swimming every single day in a specific reef area, and he encounters an octopus, and he has all this recording equipment, so he documents his sort of journey with this creature under the water, gaining its trust, learning about it, explaining it to the camera, and it's fascinating. If you've never learned about octopuses or octopi before, this thing, it's incredible. They're the smartest creatures, I swear, on the ocean floor. Uh, it's like them and dolphins. <laughs> and so it's a really fascinating documentary. You get to see all sorts of interaction between it and the other sea creatures as well and learn a lot about that type of world that it lives in so very very interesting fun documentary the guy narrating it is really awesome as well and you learn a bunch he's a cinematographer right so it's yeah be- it, it's beautiful it looks yeah. great it's shot well it's edited well it's it's all together just like a nice package and really digestible at the end of it leaves you feeling good happy emotions i would say all right i'm excited to check it out my octopus teacher on netflix Big thanks to our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nahn, Alfred Estaca, and Sam Waldo. Yay! Thank you to all of them. And, of course, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card animations that live behind us here on set. You can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG, as well as a big thank you to Sam Waldo, who sometimes does this he one. this one, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Jeffrey, all his, of course, you see his work at the beginning of our episodes with that awesome Soul Ring animation. All right, everybody. All right. Be nice to each other. Yes. And also, please don't go after our staff either about this stuff. Uh, They are. Don't go after wizard people. Don't go after us. Don't go after our staff. You know, write a nice stern letter to wizards corporate or Or to their corporate Twitter accounts and things like that. Or message when you do message the people and you want a little more transparency. Ask for it in a way that is going to make people want to respond to you. Yeah. Don't hit the caps lock. (laughs) Yeah. Don't hit caps lock, even by accident. Not my grandpa trying to text. So don't worry about it. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.